Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. Obviously, there are a lot of issues in this provincial election campaign. And I, I think to, to everybody, their, their priority list may vary. Certainly, the polls suggest that the top issues are economic, jobs, pipelines, the economy, etc. Understandably so. What about social issues? How much does that play into the election campaign? The concern about fairness, the concern about how people are treated, the concern about uh, advancing the rights of, of certain groups. Are those big issues in this campaign? Now, we'll talk a bit more about the debate around GSAs with both Rachel Notley and Jason Kenny weighing in on that today. So we'll talk a bit more about that coming up later on. We'll talk about uh, the education debate later on. But I wanted to focus uh, off the top of this hour on women's issues. Uh, Are there specific issues pertinent to the plight of women in Alberta that should be at the forefront? Are there issues that the parties, the candidates uh, are talking about that are specific to the concerns of women? How different are the concerns of women uh, in this election compared to the concerns of men? Certainly there's a lot of overlap, I suspect, in just the concerns of average Albertans, period, regardless uh, of gender. But what about women's issues? Joining us to to explore some of that, very pleased to welcome to the program, uh, Sue Tomney, uh, CEO of YWCA Calgary. Sue, great to have you with us here. Welcome to the program. Well, thank you for having me, Rob. Great. When you talk about women's issues, I mean, what, what does that term mean to you, first of all? Well, it's interesting. I was listening to you as you were introducing this piece and talking about, you know, what's on the minds of Albertans and particularly around economic issues. Mm-hmm. And, you know, all, all of what, um, you know, is concerning women from our perspective has, has everything to do with the economy. It, it's not separate them. It just has a, a different lens on it and what the impact of the economy and, and things that are being done by government has on women. What are some um, examples of that then? So, for example, would be we continue to have a gender pay gap. And, um, you know, the recent statistics from, from uh, Statistics Canada, we are still at an 87 cent on the dollar uh, um, earning wage in terms of women versus men. So that is, is absolutely an economic issue, and, and that is a gap that needs to close. And, and if you want to put that in another way of measuring that, that means that uh, women last year in a full year worked for 47 days without pay. So that's what that looks like, and, and um, that is an issue that we continue to want to shine light on uh, at the YW. So why do, you, why do you think that exists, or what needs to be done to address it? is shining a light that it actually is there uh, and, and getting people to understand that this is not just something that uh, is made up. It's an actual fact and there has to be conscious effort and work done to ensure that that is, um, you know, no longer the case. There's also, you know, in terms of uh, the gender pay gap, you could translate then from an economic standpoint that it's minimum wage. 
So we also know that 59% of minimum wage earners in Alberta are women. And uh, many of those are women who are working multiple jobs and trying to put food on the table for their families. And so, um, you know, this is, this is uh, you know, something that is very important to uh, the women that we serve because they are trying to make a better life for their families. So that's another translation of how, uh, where we are right now. We need, to, we need to hold on to that, and we need to make sure that people understand who the minimum wage earners are in the province. We're talking about the wage gap. Are, are, are we talking about... Uh, a gap in employment levels in certain professions, professions that pay better salaries versus others that, that maybe pay less? Are we talking about pay gaps within the same profession, in which case then maybe we're talking about uh, overt gender discrimination? What, what are we talking about in your view? I think it's twofold. So we know that women right now uh, only hold about 32% of management or leadership roles. So um, that is, you know, that is something that needs to be addressed and some, um, you know, very purposeful work put towards. But we also know that, um, you know, when women are in executive roles, they earn up to 30% less than their male counterparts. It, you know, it's, so there, there is that, that gap. Part of it is, is, you know, people see that as new to the table or, or new, new people to the table. But the fact is that should not exist. So not only is it harder to get there, once women do get to those roles, there still exists that gap because, um, because there are less women that are at those tables. Because if, if, it's, if it's an issue like, say, you know, engineering, being in engineering uh, leads to higher paying jobs, there aren't enough women getting in, into engineering, let's find more ways of getting women into engineering. That, that there's something specific we can address there. If you're talking about there's sexism in, in the field of engineering and, and women are being held back in terms of opportunities or jobs, th that's a lot, requires a much different kind of response. Right. You know, I think it, it's, it's complex because I don't know that you can look any one piece as being, if you fix that, then it's going to fix everything. Um, so, for example, if you look at um, women in leadership roles and you also look at women as mothers, and, and child care and, um, you know, leaves of absence while they are on um, maternity leave. I mean, we've not been able to find a way to crack that nut uh, in terms of women who leave the workforce for the right reason to get a start for their children and then want to reenter the workforce, want to reenter the workforce. And we as a society have not been able to grapple with that, that we are still leaving that runway open. So, um, you know, it, as I said, I don't know that it's any one thing. I think that there are a number of pieces, which is why, you know, shining the light and having women participate in the conversations on what is getting in their way, what is working and what is not working is imperative. Certainly over the last year or two, I mean, there, there's been a lot of talk around um, issues of, of harassment, uh, the Me Too movement, uh, in, ensuring that we have meaningful policies to, to address harassment, whether it be in politics, in, in the workplace, or, or just in general in society. I, I mean, are these kinds of issues that we still need to make progress on? And, and are these maybe the kinds of issues that, that political parties should be talking more about? I think everybody needs to talk about them more. And, and you know what? Leadership starts at the top. And so, uh, you know, people are watching. People watch how people participate in, in corporations, uh, leaders in government. And so it, it needs to be talked about. Mostly it needs to be demonstrated. And so it's not, uh, you know, specific 
to any gender. It's how everybody participates and how they treat each other. And, you know, for the YW, we recognize the next generation. It is much about engaging our boys in those conversations and, and how to be respectful uh, as it is about our girls. So, um, you know, it, it's about bringing, it, it's not about pointing fingers. It's about demonstrating what, what that respect looks like. Um, I don't think you can legislate that. I think that personally, that's something that you have to lead by example. Yeah, well, I mean, there, there seems as though there's a sign, at least in, in ensuring that, that policies exist. And I know there's been concern even for political parties who are governing the province uh, that, that what kind of rules do they operate under in terms of uh, people being able to come forward and ensuring that they've they've got a place to go if if they've got concerns and that those concerns are going to be addressed and taken seriously. Do some of those things need to be mandated? I think there there absolutely does need to be a place, a safe place where people can go when they have concerns uh, and that those concerns will be heard. So, um, you know, that that is one of the, the biggest pieces in any in any workplace. You need to have those those policies and practices in place. Um, so it should be that way, um, you know, in terms of government and being able to raise a flag when there is a concern that's happening. So um, absolutely, we need to continue with that so that people know that when they are seeing things that aren't working and that are primitive, that there is a mechanism for those concerns to be heard. All right. Well, much more to ywcalgary.ca. Sue, appreciate your input on all of this. Thanks for making some time for us here today. Again, thank you for having me. Have a great day. You too. Uh, Sue Tomney, CEO of YWCA Calgary, ywcalgary.ca. So as she sees it, there definitely are women's issues that she'd like to see uh, politicians address in this election campaign. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.